Arsenal came from behind in Vienna to take all three points in the opening group game of this season's Europa League campaign. We're going to be unpacking that match and I'm sure we're probably going to talk about the guy that was sitting there on his phone all night uh, putting out some very interesting tweets. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast sponsored by Manscaped.com. Um, I'm delighted to be joined on this edition, which is straight after a match, which is not something we get to do that often because we're both in a line of work that normally means we're working uh, as soon as the game is finished. But we're delighted, even if it is an hour late, uh, to be back on air, back live. And I've got with me Mike Stavrou of Metro Sport. Mike, how you doing, mate? Yeah, what's going on? What a massive, massive game, Harry. Jesus, I'm buzzing <laughs> to talk about this one. I can't wait. I, I mean, there's the, the thing is, strangely, there is lots to talk about, isn't there, after yeah. this game? Um, some of it for, for the right reasons, some of it maybe not, but it, it's interesting all the same. Um, first of all, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who's currently tuned in. Um, I can see there's quite a few of you uh, already watching us. If you haven't already, if you are new to the channel, then please smash the subscribe button if you haven't already and help us get to that magical 10k mark. We're not far off it, uh, but we still need a little bit of a push, so it'll be great. If those of you who haven't subscribed uh, can do so, and uh, let's help us get there sooner rather than later. Um, Mike, we got there in the end. Um, it wasn't the most inspiring Arsenal performance. Uh, it was a, a mistake that ended up putting us a goal behind. Fortunately, Mikel Arteta's substitutions made the difference in the end. Um, what was your overall thoughts on the game in general? And then we'll come on to talk about some individuals and some individual aspects of, of the performance. Really sloppy, I think. And um, I thought at times they looked like the better team, which um, should not be the case, clearly, uh, given where, where we are and where they are. But yeah, I, I mean, it was turgid. It was poor. Uh, I mean, look, it was a bit understandable because it, it was a very different team. There's a lot of players that um, that, that haven't featured uh, so far and so part of it you could say all right you, you could put it down to maybe a lack of fitness as well but in general I think there's a lot of things um, and problems there that we've been seeing throughout the whole season and not just tonight in terms of our creativity which I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to but yeah overall it doesn't paint a great picture but you have to look at the positives I guess and we did win we did win the game and uh, it is an away game there were fans in the ground for the first time so I'm a bit disappointed, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going mental over it, I should say. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think there were aspects of the performance that were really, really disappointing. But let's start off by by talking about the, the lineup that Mikel Arteta picked, because not for the first time in recent times, there were a few questions uh, that I had about that particular lineup. So, of course, he went with Bernd Leno in goal. Now, Mike, I was surprised to see Bernd Leno started in this game. And I know that Mikel Arteta... 
was supposedly very clear in the summer about the fact that he wanted one number one, a number one who would play all the time whenever available. But, you know, if Renarsson can't play in a game like this, isn't going to play in the League Cup, when is he ever going to get a go? Yeah, I didn't really understand that, to be honest. And I think maybe, you know, our our questions before the game were, were justified with Leno's performance because he was terrible. And I'm not going to pile into him and I'm not going to go into that, you know, typical chat that everyone goes into on football Twitter that, oh, Leno's been terrible and why did we sell Martinez? Why didn't we keep him? Let's let's be a bit objective about it. Leno has been probably our second best player behind Aubameyang for the last two years. Um, he's made some big saves, especially under Emery when we were conceding about 50 shots a game. He ke- he kept us in it. So it's understandable why uh, he, he was kept. Did he have a poor game tonight? Of course he did, yeah. And has he shown that he can be a bit vulnerable with the ball at his feet? He has. But... At the end of the day, when you're playing that that play style, Harry, you're going to get mistakes every now and then. And he looked a bit shook from from the first decision, didn't he? And I think that impacted him, and he lost a bit. He lost a bit of confidence. So then again, that takes us back to he probably shouldn't have been playing tonight. I mean, f- from my perspective, I've I've probably been one of the few that has actually been quite critical of of Bern Leno quite often. You know, I'm not saying that we should pile in on a guy who clearly had a difficult evening, but I feel like there are certain aspects of his game that, you know, have always been a little bit sort of wanting. And particularly having seen Emmy Martinez in the position for a little bit, some of those areas have been highlighted even further. For example, I don't think he commands his penalty area well enough. I think there's this myth that Bern Leno is particularly good with the ball at his feet. I think that really isn't the case. I think we've seen it time and time again, and we saw it on a a number of occasions this evening. So, you know, I I don't want to steamroll into Bern Leno completely and say, you know, I want him out or anything like that. But I do have concerns about Bern Leno, and those concerns are built upon evidence that we've seen over the past few seasons rather than just now. I mean, I think we saw quite a bit of it last season as well from Bern Leno at times. Am I being a little bit unfair? Am I not giving him a chance? You said that you thought he was. Yeah, I think you are. I think because don't you think that you know in in the seasons under Emery and especially before uh, Arteta arrived, I mean he was just incredible and the the amount of saves that he made that he had to make because our defending was shocking. I mean, don't you think the sort of positives outweigh you know the 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 few negatives and questions that there may be? Um, Yes and no. Because I think if you're looking to, to really push on, I don't think you can afford to carry someone who makes the kind of mistakes that Bern Leno makes in goal. And I know it's difficult with goalkeepers because it's very often if they do make a mistake, it does lead to a goal. The margin for error is so, so small. But, you know, the the playing the ball out from the back, he, he clearly struggles with that. We've seen it time and time again. Um, some of his decision-making is, is shocking. I mean... Talking about, obviously, we've got the, the first goal that Rapid Vienna scored, the, the only goal Rapid Vienna scored, but the first goal in the game. You saw Bern Leno um, receive a pass, made a mess of it. Some people will say that he shouldn't have received the ball in the first place. But the one that really drove me crazy was um, the one where David Lewis had clearly dealt with the situation. 
he'd got the right side of the defender. He was looking up almost to yeah. then lay the ball off to Bern Leno, who all of a sudden was in his face, in the way, and then smashes the ball against him. I mean, that could have ended so, so badly. And it's, I know it's, you know, when you make one mistake in a game of football, often you, your head goes and you make another mistake and another one and your decision-making ability just goes completely out the window. But I still worry about Bern Leno and I would go as far as saying that I think we made a mistake in the goalkeeping situation here. Yeah. And, and where I say we've made a mistake is not necessarily because I think that Martinez, you know, and Martinez has been good of late, of course, but, you know, let's be honest, the sample size of Martinez was a lot smaller. And so it was difficult to, to really make, a, a you know, an informed decision. But I think we made a mistake in the sense of we let Martinez go and we brought in a replacement that Mikel Arteta doesn't even think is worthy of playing in the Carabao Cup in a Europa League group stage. And now not only do we have, in my opinion, the worst of the two goalkeepers, we now have the worst of those two goalkeepers and no capable deputy. And that's why I feel like we've made a whole mess with the goalkeeping situation. I don't know how we haven't seen him yet. I mean, that's a bit that's a bit harsh on on Renarsson. I mean, maybe right. That's look, fine. But maybe those maybe those those other those other reasons why he didn't play tonight. You know, it could be it could it could be anything. I want I want to wait to see him to reserve judgment until I say, you know, he's not he's not the guy. And he, because at the end of the day, he's is, he's is a deputy, and I think as well that the Martina situation is very odd because how many times do you get? a number two that's better than your number one. And then he, he suddenly comes in and, well, you know, arguably about that comes in and is incredible. And, you know, I think also as well, you're looking at how good Martinez was, as you said, very small sample size, but also the guy is brilliant with his feet. Maybe now we're looking at Leno and thinking, oh, you know, where look, he's not, he's not incredible uh, passing out the back, but he's not bad. I mean, yeah, he has, the odd mistake now and then, but as I said, it's it's a dangerous game to play the, the way that we're playing, and it's not always going to be perfect. And David Luiz is not perfect when uh, when when in the box. You know, other players are, are not perfect because it's it's a risky style. So I think it's a little bit harsh on on Leno because he has done so well for us. And my one issue with him is not really the footwork; it's more so the, the control of the area. And I think sometimes when he comes for stuff. He doesn't get there, and that's the biggest issue, and that also puts doubt into your defenders. That, that that's my biggest thing with him. But yeah, let's let's wait and see see Ronarson first before before we jump on it. Yeah, but the fact that he is being overlooked in these kind of games doesn't that tell you what Mikel Arteta thinks of Ronarson? Well, I don't know. Leno hasn't played loads of football. Maybe he's just trying to he's just, not play him into form, but almost just get him, get him back and get him, you know, reinitiated with his teammates. He was, he was out for quite a while, don't forget. And he's got an, a new defender there in Gabriel to try and try and get used to. So I think there's a little bit of, of adaptation time. Maybe Renarsson's come in. He's, he, he's not quite up to speed. We don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll see very soon. But if you, if you're right and Leno does play the rest of the Europa League campaign, then yeah, we do have to have questions. For sure. Uh, guys, don't forget to smash that like button if you haven't already. I can see there's over 100 of you watching at the moment, but we've only got 19 likes on the video. So if you haven't already, smash that like button um, and uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already too, as we head towards 10,000 subscribers on here. Um, another 
aspect of the team selection that I want to discuss, Mike, is um, the decision to play Eddie and Ketia essentially from the left flank. I mean, what has Reese Nelson got to do to get a game? Because, you know, and again, you know, I, I'm still a massive fan of Mikel Arteta, but I am seeing things that I think are worth discussing. And, and one of them is the decision to overlook Nelson this evening and to play Enketia from the left when it's quite clear, isn't it, that Eddie Enketia for me is a centre forward and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, wasn't this game just calling for a for a different formation and testing something new? I mean, yeah, it's sort of like a bit because of a, of the old three four three and the and the four three three in in possession, but we needed something else and something different. And if you are going to play Enketia and Lacazette, play them up front. And, and, and play a, a real winger. And if you're not going to play Nelson, at least play Saka, you know, consistently in that wide area instead of drifting in all the time. I found it a bit strange. And, and I'm not really sure, to be honest, what what Arteta was going for. I, I, I don't really know. There's there a few odd selections. And Elton Nenny, I'm not really sure why he played. Um, Cedric as well, I thought was was quite poor, to be honest with you. And I, I know Bellerin came on. He probably needed a rest. But... Yeah, I don't know. There's a, there was a few baffling ones today. I think Arteta really does need to nail down what he wants to do moving forward uh, in terms of the formation, the system, the the personnel, because it's getting to the stage where we're second guessing the the, the team every single game, and I, d- I don't think it should be like that for um, you know for, for the players. If anything, they, they should know their exact role. They should know like relatively what team's going to play, and then. They should perform exactly how they should have in training. I think I don't really have an issue with the system kind of being stuck to. And I don't really have an issue with him making changes in a game like this. But what worries me is that we're starting to see that creep into into our Premier League team selections as well. For example, Willian playing as a false nine at the weekend. You know, we're talking about Nketiah playing out of position tonight. We saw Willian play out of position at the weekend with Nketiah and Lacazette both sitting on the bench. So we're starting to see these odd decisions, odd in our view, of course, creep in more and more. And that's probably why I think a, a few people are getting a little bit, um, I'm not going to say agitated because it's still too early for that, but are starting to ask questions. You know, um, let's have a look at what some of the guys are saying in the live comments. I've got an issue with StreamYard for some reason. It's not allowing me to bring your comments into the into the screen. So I don't know why it's not even updating them. But don't worry, I've got the YouTube tab open as well. So I'm going to pick up uh, your comments uh, from there. Uh, Russ Morgan says, Turgid. Um, so uh, describing the performance agrees with you, Mike. Uh, Norwegian Guna says, good to get a victory. Um, Alejandro says, ugly win, but I hope Leno learns. Um, what else have we got here? Um Let's see. <laughs> Didn't know Carrius was playing for us. <laughs> uh, big wow. Gunadishas. <laughs> too, wow. many, too many mistakes in Leno praying he wakes up and commands his area. Uh, Robin says, uh, big up yourself, bro. Um, lots and lots of people saying hello. Hi to all of you that are tuned in as well. Big hello to Fergus from Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast. Check them out as well. Um, give them a like. Uh, give them a subscribe as well. So, yeah, people are starting to say, or people are saying, I should say, pretty much the same things that we are uh, at this moment in time. 
it feels like we've spoken a lot about negatives and I wanted to get those out of the way right at the beginning of the show. But I think we do, Mike, have to give Rapid Vienna some credit tonight because we have this thing, don't we, as Premier League fans where we go to places like that and we just kind of assume and expect our team to walk all over our opponents. But, you know, it's an away game in Europe. It's to a club like Rapid Vienna, with all due respect, a big club once upon a time, still a big club now in terms of their support. But, you know, for them, somebody like Arsenal coming to town is a really big deal and it is a bit of a cup final for them. So we shouldn't be too surprised. And I think we should give them credit at the fact that they did hold us for so long and they did defend so well for long periods. Yeah, of course. And yeah, you're, you're right. They were formerly a big club. Obviously, I think they're, they're second in their, in their leagues. Um, they had the fans back in the stadium, Harry, which which would be a massive boost for them, and probably a bit weird for our players who have not have not played with fans for months and months and months. So it was probably like, what's going on here? This is a bit weird. Like the only reactions that that they can hear and get feedback from in in other games in the Premier League is themselves and their own teammates, which must be bizarre. And obviously Arteta screaming, "Laka, laka, laka," which is all I hear all the time from him. From him. <laughs> On, on the sidelines. Um, but yeah, no, give them credit. Uh, I just think our, our, our main issue is is creativity and breaking teams down, especially that operate a low block. We just plainly have have no clue what's what to do. I mean, our our only real avenue of, of attack carry is from, uh, from transition and from wing play. And when that doesn't work, it's like we're just completely out of ideas. Lacazette is meant to be our sort of um, false nine of sorts, dropping deeper to, to pick up balls, playing playing the wingers in. But tonight we were playing Lacazette and then Eddie, who's not an inside forward and he's not a winger and he can't do what Aubameyang does. So we just struggled and we don't have that that midfielder um, in order to get on the ball and make things happen. And that's what's so frustrating because we're not only seeing it tonight in the Europa League, we're seeing it quite often at the moment. I think I think creativity is the biggest problem. I think you're right to say that. I can see some of the guys just before I move on saying that they saw a bit of a 4-4-2 in the formation tonight. I think at times in the game, we maybe saw that a little bit. Um, I think one of the common features about Mikel Arteta's style of play and Mikel Arteta's team is that we do shift shapes when we've got the ball and when we don't have the ball. And as much as I think that can be useful in games, I think it can at times overcomplicate things a little bit. Um, but that's probably a debate for another day. Going back to what you were saying about creativity, I think we do clearly lack that. What's the solution, though, in, in terms of getting that creativity? And I I don't want to move on to him just yet, but is our solution, Mike, sitting at He who should not be named. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, is the solution, Ozil, you're asking? Well, is, yeah, is the solution sitting at home on Twitter? No, no, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think maybe the Ozil of of years ago, uh, maybe. And obviously, you know, people always bring up that he started the majority of games under Arteta initially. But yeah, I mean, so much has happened since then. Would we even be getting this the same player? Like he says, he's completely committed to the club, and he says that he loves it and he's working as hard as he can. But you know, we don't know that because we've we, we've not seen it, and we've not seen it for a long time. 
not been the, the same player that he has when he first arrived in his first few seasons when he was you know really really good under Wenger we had a much more creative team at that time he had people like you know Alexis and Santi next to him and he, he thrived but now I don't think he's that player I'm sure we'll get on to his uh, antics but in terms of solution I mean I think really it's going to be about about what we can do just doing it better at the, at the moment because I don't we obviously don't have that creative player in the ranks maybe in in, in the longer term it could be Emil Smith-Rowe but again he's young we haven't seen a lot of him but I think just more, we need to see more pressing um, we need to see more urgency uh, we need to play quicker and I don't really know why we're not doing that because that's not a personnel issue that's a that's a mentality issue and that's a that that's that's sorted in training so that should be the solution but if if it will be I don't know we'll have to see I I don't think that um he's played well since the Fulham game but is that maybe that lack of creativity in the middle of the park the lack of creativity or ability to create chances for themselves from our wide players at times is that why Mikel Arteta, in your opinion, has probably stuck with Willian so much, despite the fact that, as I said, since the Fulham game, he hasn't performed at all. Yet he always finds himself in the team. Of course, he was unavailable tonight. But do you think that that lack of creativity worries Mikel Arteta? And the fact that Willian is someone who's got a proven track record of having that, is able to drift inside and influence proceedings, is probably why he's been such a favourite in Mikel Arteta's books. Yeah, I think that's the reason he bought him. I, I think he said it as well, didn't he? He wants him to play as a sort of half winger, half number eight and able to drift inside because really that that's our only option. And he's been doing the exact same with Saka, hasn't he? Saka's also been been doing a similar role to William, but on the other side. And I think actually Saka's probably been our most creative player. Definitely against City, he was, the, he was our best player, even though it was a pretty poor uh, overall performance. But yeah, I mean, he's overly reliant on them. Um, to to the point where the creativity is not not coming from from anywhere else. I mean, there's only so much you can do in in transition because when we have lots of the ball, we just can't break te- teams down. And I think it's about our players taking a lot of touches. Um, you know, there's not a lot of combination play, Harry. There's not a lot of give give and go. Like when you when you see Pepe on the on the on the wing. What he needs is not to be able to take on three or four people to get to the byline. He needs a couple of, you know, he needs a link-up play. He needs Lacazette to come closer. He needs one of the midfielders to, to get closer to him. And it's just not happening. And I, I'm not really sure why. It's beginning to get a bit frustrating now because we're we're saying the exact thing every week, but we're not seeing anything yet. And I don't want to go too overboard, but I, yeah, as, as you said, we're asking questions. We're not, you know, berating Arteta and saying, oh, he's not doing this, he's... He's, you know, he's he's not the right man. We're just saying, why has it not happened yet? Yeah, agreed. And and as you, as I said earlier on, you know, the expectation is that you go up against someone like Rapid Vienna, you win the game and you should win the game comfortably. And although we won the game, it certainly wasn't comfortable. It certainly wasn't easy. And the performance certainly wasn't inspiring. So it's understandable as to why we are discussing these things. Let's move on to something a little bit more positive. Well, actually, a lot more positive. And that was the performance of Thomas Partey, who I thought um, gave a really, really good account of himself, showed that he uh, is very sort of not only physical, not only strong, but very uh, good at reading the game, reading where balls are going to end up, um, 
cutting out passing lanes. I thought he was excellent. Um, I thought he faded a little bit towards the end of the game, but I thought he was excellent overall. And um, how excited are you about the prospect of this guy played in our midfield week in, week out? Oh, he's just unbelievable, Harry. And I, I know the opposition's not, you know, top notch, but I was just sitting there watching it, you know, at, um, imagining a time where we've where we've you know made a few more investments, and I can imagine Party just being the absolute heartbeat of the team. I mean, the guy is just so intelligent, and I knew that he, I, I sort of knew he had that about his game, but I think it's different when, when you see him doing it in in an Arsenal shirt. I mean that that tackle he made in in the second half. I mean he just made it look so effortless. And how many of our players previously would you have seen like steaming into that situation and you know um, and giving away a penalty? But Party is just so cool and like the way he bred it and the way he, we he anticipates is so so exciting. He's passing as well, uh, long and short. He sprayed a few passes across the pitch, a few diagonals, but he also shot the ball into into you know. Um, into areas further up the pitch so I was just not blown away but I would say I was just very very impressed by him yeah there was plenty of um of uh willingness to play those forward passes as well you mentioned it as well about playing balls forward but it was every time he got the ball it was always positive and I like that because that's one of the things that we do normally look at our midfield and say it's lacking so it was good to see that it was great to see somebody always thinking on the front foot always thinking about moving the ball forward I really really enjoyed his performance tonight um let's go back over to the live comments uh, but first of all um guys there are over 300 of you watching us live at the moment but we've only got 50 likes come on let's get that to 100 as soon as possible smash that like button um it is so so important and of course subscribe to the channel if you are new uh, right Kartik Joshi in the comments says Rapid Vienna aren't farmers and we are defensively solid and Arteta hasn't had a complete year with this team be patient people and he puts an angry emoji on the end of it I uh, I am one of Mikel Arteta's biggest fans biggest fans anyone who's watched this channel in the last few months will know that I've been so so impressed with the job he's done I think we are on the right path but that doesn't mean we can't discuss some decisions or that we have to agree with every single decision he makes. And, you know, we're discussing it, I think, in a respectful manner, uh, in a calm manner. And that's, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It doesn't mean we don't support him. It doesn't mean uh, that we're not behind him. I, I really, really do think that we've got the right man at the helm. Having said that. We're going to talk about uh, something else and I've tried to avoid it for as long as I possibly can. 27 minutes on the clock, Mike. Um, we haven't gone into it, but um, there was a certain Arsenal man sitting at home this evening, tweeting away throughout the game. Now, I want to actually share with you guys some of these tweets because I don't know if everybody's seen them. So I am going to bring them up on the screen because some of this was just <laughs> like, I mean... He does it in such a way Gosh. where he is almost, well, not almost, he is taking the piss, but he's <laughs> doing it in a way um, that is all, like, that is, that he could argue that actually he's not doing anything like that. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, you can see on your screens now, guys, a man of the match poll. I mean, so unnecessary. Um, okay, he put some encouraging stuff about Bamiyang, about the boys. This one about Burn Leno. Chin up, bro. We still have enough time to turn this around, guys. Come on, Gunners. 
Um, you know, and, 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 and this one in particular, this is the one that got me. How has he made that of, of him in an <laughs> Arsenal kit? Sitting out there. I mean, this is incredible stuff from Mesut Ozil. For those of you listening on the audio, Mesut Ozil has had someone, obviously he's not done it, create this computer image of him sitting at a desk typing away in an Arsenal kit. I mean, it, it, it's just it's just mad. Um, I can see that loads of you don't want us to talk about Ozil in the comments. We're not going to go into it deeply because it's been spoken about to death um, and we're going to keep it centred around what actually happened on the pitch tonight. But, I mean, you said he wasn't the solution, but is there an argument that there are players in that squad that at least ability-wise... I'm nowhere near him. Sorry, Harry, can you just get rid of that ridiculous thing on the screen? I it's think it's putting fantastic. me off. It's putting <laughs> me off. I can't go. What what is that? I mean, is is this is this guy that bored own that he's managed to do like a an an editing course so he can, you know, Photoshop himself. I mean, what 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 what's going on? Honestly, what is going on with, with Mesut Ozil? Like and it's it's funny that he's come out of the woods in the in the last week or so because he was really, really quiet, like up until the last, I don't know, like for the last like past months, he's he's been fairly quiet. But this week or so, he's just completely, I don't know, like ever since ever, ever since the Gunnosaurus incident, which I personally thought was a massive PR stunt. And I think I've been justified in that because he's come out consistently with crap like this. I mean, let, let's just be honest. What's the guy doing? I mean, has, has he even been given an, an Arsenal shirt to, to even Photoshop that in? I don't, I don't know. The guy's not played. Like, my questions are, and I don't want to get too much into it, why didn't he leave in, this, in the summer? He, he knew that he, he had absolutely no chance of playing in the Arteta's team. Um, now that he knows he is going to stay, I mean, look, the guy has, has freedom of speech and he, he can say whatever he wants, but he knows he's not going to play. So what is the point in consistently coming out and basically winding the club up and, and taking the, the piss, as you said? What, what does he think he's, he's going to achieve by it? Is he trying to get fans on his side? Because from what I'm seeing and what people in the comments are seeing, they're, they're sick of him. This is nothing, though, if not creative. Am I not right in saying that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my is God. It, I mean, yeah, this, 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 let, let's get it off the screen. Let's get it off the screen. Um, Thank you. But, you know, it, yeah, it, it's... um. It feels like a massive, um, a massive PR battle now that that we're kind of embroiled in, and I think Mikel Arteta was actually asked about this um, post match. Now, I haven't watched the press conference back yet. I have seen uh, some quotes from it. Um, let's have a look. I'm just scrolling through them because I'm pretty sure he did say something about it. Um, yeah, someone said to him, "What did you make of Mesut Özil's supportive tweets during the game?" And he said, uh, this is what I want from all the players that are in our squad. I didn't expect anything different from that. So it's good to hear. Um, and then he was asked if he finds it frustrating that there is so much talk about Ozil. And he said, no, it's part of the situation we have. And we have big players in this position. It's normal that people want to know. Fans want information and you guys have to ask the questions. I take it in a natural way and I try to respond with honesty and clarity and give information that is available for the inside. That is just a blatant lie, isn't it? Bloody yeah. hell. I mean, yeah. does he think we're stupid? I mean, let's take it slightly away from, from Mesut Ozil uh, for a minute because I know a lot of people are sort of pissed off about 
<laughs> about us talking about it um and they don't want to hear about it and they are fed up and i promise you if we get to 100 likes which we're still 30 <laughs> away from then i won't mention that bribery uh, between the end of this stream uh between now and the end of the stream but going off off the subject a little bit and talking about Mikel Arteta as a manager who sat in a press conference yesterday and was very adamant that the whole thing was his decision it was all his view is Mikel Arteta in danger of becoming another Wenger where he does take the shit for the stuff that's going on upstairs and he does become that kind of shield does having worked under Arsene Wenger is he is that something you think he's taken on board where he wants to be that shield he feels like it's his responsibility because he was very vocal about saying the board are backing him he was very vocal about this being his decision do you believe that to be fully the case or do you think that he is putting himself in that position because he feels like that's his duty and it's part of the role personally i was, I was very upset when i read the comments on ozil because he's basically just pulled the club's pants down you know and he's not really had, had anything to say about it he's given a very you know um pr standard response i take responsibility taking blame away from the club the club haven't done anything it's not it's not to do with the pay cuts and look i don't expect anything else from him because what managers do you know that that go against their own club and then actually survive and i think if, if me and you were in our tech shoes we'd do the exact same but it doesn't mean it, we're not frustrated by it because we just want some, so we just want to know the truth, and unfortunately, that's not going to come out until he leaves the the club next summer, and we're just going to have to wait. And apparently, Ozil was going to take the piss a little bit more, and he might live tweet every single game that he's not involved in now, and that's something that we'll we'll have to put up with. But when that information does come out, I think we're all going to be, you know, in, enlightened, and I think we can't wait for for that moment. But Let's let let's just say this is that all of this you know ridiculousness is it having an effect on the on, on the team? Is it sort of taken away from the, the the good work that Arteta is doing? I mean, I hope it isn't, but the longer it goes on, you have to say that it, it will have some sort of impact. Yeah, it certainly isn't helpful. Is it? It's an unwanted distraction. Um, let's move on from he who shall not be named. We're still not at a hundred likes, so I can't guarantee that I won't go back to it. But. Um, a lot of people in the comments asking about Alexander Lacazette. Um, not too impressed with his performance this evening. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts on Alex Lacazette. Uh, and then I want to get your thoughts on, on another player. Um, just before you go on Lacazette, a big thank you to Joseph uh, in the live chat for his uh, super chat donation. Unfortunately, as I said at the beginning of the screen, I can't bring your comments up on the screen. It's not... Uh, they're not filtering through to the streaming program. I don't know why. I'll have to have a look in that. I suspect the problem will be resolved if I restart it, but we're live now, um, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but yeah, let, Mike, let's get your thoughts on, on Alex Lacazette. Um, obviously overlooked for the game at Manchester City. Mikel Arteta insisted it was tactical. Got his chance tonight. Captain the side tonight. What did you think of his performance? I thought he was a bit lacklustre and to be honest I have thought that he's been like that for a while I think he had a uh, a few good games towards it towards the end of last season but overall he just looks at a shadow of himself and I've it's it's really hard for me to admit this because I've been his biggest fan I think that that um in, in his heyday he was such a good player because you know he's 
his hold up play, the the way that he could just spin players quickly and and turn and shoot and score was great. But for whatever reason, that's just been lost, and he's not the player that 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 he once was. So unfortunately, I, I think you know we're going to give him the season, obviously, but. Next summer, I think it's going to have to get to the point where Arteta has, has to ask a few questions. Is he going to, you know, persist with with Eddie? And is is Lacazette is Lacazette going to stay? And it's it's horrible to say because he has been, you know, a good a good player for us over the past few years. But based on his current performances, I don't think he's doing enough of what we need from this number nine. Because don't forget, this number nine that that we're playing right now in the current system is all encompassing. We need more. Than, than than what he's given, we need more than what Eddie's given as well. But I'm not going to go in on him because he's a he's a youngster. He's not quite 100 found his feet. But definitely concerns for me. Yeah, big concerns. And you've also got to take into consideration that his contract expires not this summer coming, but the one after. So Arsenal would almost be at a bit of a crossroads with Alexander Lacazette, where it would very much be a case of if we want to keep him, then we have to tie him down. But if we don't, now would be the time to move him on, wouldn't it? When we get to that summer point, we come to that that position where it's one or the other. You either keep him and you do the deal or you say, right, now this is the time to move him on with a year left and, and actually get something in for him. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a strange one. I think as much as Mikel Arteta talks about having faith in Alexander Lacazette, I think all the signs say that he actually doesn't. Um, you know, we've seen... Eddie and Ketia start ahead of him in, in that centre-forward role on a number of occasions since Mikel Arteta took over. And when you see both of them overlooked um, for someone like Willian and Manchester City, you start to think that actually neither are, are doing what it is that Mikel Arteta wants from them. Neither are delivering uh, the vision that he has for, for the number nine role. And that is a bit of a concern. Um, you know, I think we were all... We were all earlier on sort of earlier on in Mikel Arteta's tenure a lot of us were like mm, there's a, a Bamiang should a Bamiang be moving back into that centre forward position but I don't think a Bamiang would do what Mikel Arteta wants either a Bamiang also carries a huge goal threat from the left but that goal threat I, you know and I know Lacazette's had a decent scoring start to the season it's not been a disaster by any means he's got three goals in four Premier League games but you just, you know, there's something missing there. There's something not quite right there. And the inconsistency with which he performs for me is is a real worry. Um, I want to get your thoughts on another player, uh, and that is uh, Nicolas Pepe. What did you make of his display this evening? It was another underwhelming one for me. And this guy just blows so hot and cold, doesn't he? Comes on against Sheffield United, changes the game, and then he plays the next game and he's not involved. And then he plays tonight, and he's not involved. I mean, are you starting to wonder if Arsenal have had their pants pulled down over this? Um, I mean, I see the signs. I don't think I'm quite there yet, because I've seen flashes. And I think when you see flashes, it can go like two ways. Either he's going to eventually get there, or it's just not, it's, it's not going to happen for him. But I'm not in that boat yet. Um, I, I sort of think that he has the attributes. But when there's so much sort of, you know, when when there's so many other issues in the squad, Harry, and in in terms of uh, the system and the creativity problem, I think it's sort of harsh to 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 pinpoint you know too much criticism at him, because you know it's it's the beginning of his second season. Yes, he was a bit disappointed in his first season, but I still think he needs 
a, a bit of time. I mean, you know, this might come back to bite me, but I think he's a. I think he has the potential to to be a top top player. Whether we're going to see it in the next sort of six months, I don't know. But I mean, we have to we we have to stick with him, don't we? I mean, like what what other options do we have? I just think we need to sort of cater to his game a bit more, and that might be um, by by getting you know a, a striker that can feed off him a little bit and. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's a case of changing Pepe's role. Maybe he needs to he needs to like play a bit more of an of an inside forward rather than winger because something's not working for him at, at the moment. I think he's a little bit too wide, which means he has too much to do. I think he's most dangerous when he gets you know touches in the box and he can take people on. Like even in in the first half today, he just showed what he can do with with a, with a little bit of space. He's got a, he's got a quick brain. I mean, a quick step over and he completely left that left that um rapid Vienna player for dead and that that's what he can do he just needs to obviously show show more of it but no I've got faith in him I'm glad you do because I'm not 100% sure um I think you're you're absolutely right to say there have been flashes there have been flashes and those flashes have been brilliant and really encouraging but we need someone who's going to deliver on a consistent level and I, I can't see him doing that at the moment and when I think back to the fact that I think back to the summer and the summer before and you had all these Arsenal fans who were, you know, outraged about the fact that we'd, um, you know, we kept saying that we had no money or even this summer, you know, people were saying, why can't Arsenal afford to go and get Husemawa and Thomas Partey? Aside from the fact that we're in, a, in the midst of a global pandemic and everybody's finances have been impacted. We spent £72 million. And I know people will say it wasn't all paid up front and it's going to be paid in instalments, but that's still a financial commitment that Arsenal have made. Plus 27-odd million on William Saliba. Now, you're talking about two players that are not really adding... Well, one is not even involved. He's not even been registered to play in the competition. And the other one is not at the moment, and I hope that changes, but isn't at the moment adding all that much. And you think that's almost, that's a hundred million pounds, Mike, that's gone down the toilet. You know, maybe Pepe will repay some of that when he comes good, if he comes good. But at this moment in time, we're not getting the return that you should get from a hundred million pounds investment. And that's why Arsenal are in the position they're in. You know, people say, why have we got no money? Well, that's why we've got no money, because of deals like that. And as much as we think that we're on the right track and we've got the right people, um, you know, I was going to say at the wheel, but I don't want to use that one. Um, you know, we've got the, the right people sort of, sort of steering the club. You, you know, it's going to take time for us to get over and recover from some of the bad deals that we've done. And I hope the Pepe one turns good. I hope it comes good. I think Mikel Arteta has quite a bit of faith in him. I think he's spoken him up a lot. Um, the fact that he's selecting him is, is obviously a positive, but we still need um, we still need to see more from him and, and fingers crossed that comes sooner rather than later. Right, um, just a quick reminder uh, that this podcast is brought to you guys by manscaped.com. Uh, if you haven't already, check out manscaped.com for all your male uh, or female grooming needs. If you want your body hair uh, to look as lush, as trim, hopefully not as green, though, as the Emirates Stadium pitch, then check out manscaped.com. Uh, use the discount code, which is rolling across the bottom of your screens, Chronicles AFC, to get 20% off and free shipping. And you know what? 
Lots of you have taken up these offers. And you know how we know? Because Manscaped have extended our sponsorship deal off the back of you guys buying their products and using our code. So I want to say a massive, massive thank you to every single one of you because that means that we can do more with the podcast. Um, and so I'm just going to quickly show you uh, what it is you can get. So this, uh, let me just remove this banner so it's not in your faces. Uh, this is the, uh, the package that you get. Uh, your balls will thank you. And I have got um, the lawnmower 3.0. There you go. Look at that. Brilliant. And if you turn it on, listen to that buzz. There you go. It's even got a light so you don't miss the dark bits. There you go. Great stuff. Check out manscaped.com uh, for 20% off your orders. You get wonderful things like ball toner. Uh, what else do you get? Um, ball deodorant. There you go. Keep your balls smelling fresh all day. Um, and you get a free pair of Manscaped boxes as well if you buy the packet. It's great for Christmas presents um, with uh, Christmas, of course, uh, coming up uh, very, very soon. Check them out. Manscaped.com. Enter our discount code ChroniclesFC and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping on your order. Right. That brings us, I think, to the end of this edition of the podcast. Mike, thank you so much for joining me, mate. How can uh, people keep up with your excellent work? Yeah, so uh, follow me on Twitter is the best place to find me at Mike underscore Stavro. Um, yeah, that's where that's where I talk about Arsenal. Uh, I talk about some other things. Um, I'm going to be talking about Borat because that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned for that because that's going to be interesting. <laughs> Great stuff. I'm just looking at the comments as well. Um... PW says that had that shaver had some pubic hair on it, mate. It hasn't even been used yet, so don't try it. Um, <laughs> don't try it. <laughs> it is as fresh as they come. Uh, right, uh, we're on ninety-eight likes. Let's get over the hundred between now and the stream ending. Uh, a massive thank you to every single one of you who's joined us this evening and who will be listening to this back on the audio platform as well. Um, what else was I going to say? Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're new, uh, we're fast approaching 10K subscribers, but we still need a little bit of a push to get there. Hopefully we get there sooner rather than later and we will uh, be bringing you a very special episode to celebrate that. Also, Adrian Clark is back on Monday. Uh, he'll be joining me on Monday evening live at 9pm. We'll be uh, discussing the Leicester game. Uh, so lots and lots to look forward to on the channel. So as I said, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And until next time, take care, stay safe. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.